Our scripture lesson today comes again from the book of Acts, this time from chapter 15. And I invite you to uh, turn there with me and follow along in your own Bible. Maybe you want to pull it up on the Bible app on your phone like I have today. However it is, I hope that you will uh, hear the word of the Lord as we share it this morning. Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem and discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they went on their way to the church And as they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, it is necessary for these new converts to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. And there had been much debate. Peter stood up and he said to them, my brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you, that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. So now, therefore, why are you placing, putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as they will. And then the apostles and the elders, with the consent of the whole church, decided to choose men from among their members and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. And they sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leaders among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the believers of Gentile origin in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Since we have heard that certain persons who have gone out from us through no instruction, though with no instruction from us, have said things to disturb you and have unsettled your minds, We have decided unanimously to choose representatives and send them to you who have risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent Judas and Silas who tell, who themselves will tell you the same word by the same things by their word of mouth. It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you no further burden than these essentials that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols from blood and from what is strangled and from fornication. And if you keep yourselves from these things, you will do well. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Father, whether because of my words or in spite of them, may your word be spoken this morning. And whether we come with willing ears or stubborn ones, help us to hear. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, especially, we pray. Amen. We aren't done with the book of Acts yet. We still have a couple weeks to go. But we have been here long enough that hopefully you get some of where we are going. In all of the sermons that we've been preaching since Easter, we are trying to recognize the signs of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about signs, 
we aren't just talking about the kinds of charismatic gifts that you may have heard about or maybe that you've even experienced yourself. No, as we talk about the signs of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, the signs that we're talking about are as much about direction as they are some sort of demonstration. The signs of the Holy Spirit are as much about the direction as they are the demonstration. We have seen that Jesus taught the early church where the Holy Spirit was moving before they learned how the Holy Spirit would move. And throughout this series, we've taken Acts chapter one, verse eight as our theme verse, because it's kind of the thesis statement for the entire book of Acts. The author of Acts, an evangelist named Luke, tells us right at the start what's going on. He tells us that Jesus' final instruction to the apostles was, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And then Luke shows us over and over that we can learn to recognize the Holy Spirit at work every time we see something happening that gets the church to go and to do and to move in that direction, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And we've seen how the church sometimes has lived up to that and sometimes has not. We've seen how the church got kind of stuck in Jerusalem. And we've seen how they had to let go of how they did things in the first seven years so that they could be free to get on with their next mission. We've seen how the Holy Spirit went ahead of the church and scattered the church after they got a little too comfy in Jerusalem. And we've seen how the Spirit sent a vision to Peter to make Peter go back into Judea after he had made it to the end of Judea, but had overlooked the Gentiles along the way. And the story so far has all been very exciting. So far, it's been a story of visions and growth and the spread of the gospel. And last week, we saw the first hint of some growing pains, and we mentioned some of the early persecution of the church, but we haven't actually read about it. We've only read about the growth and the big things. And it's a, really a shame that this series isn't a little bit longer. Already, we're preaching a longer series than we typically do around here. But even with that, we don't have time to cover everything that's in the book of Acts. It's inevitable that we're going to leave some stuff out. And probably the most dangerous thing I could do is teach you about the power of the Holy Spirit without dealing with the consequences of the Holy Spirit. For the last seven years, there's a pastor named Rich Viotis, who's been the pastor of New Life Fellowship Church in Queens, New York, a church that has more than 70 nationalities represented in its congregation. And one day somebody told Viotis, I want my church to look like the book of Acts, period. And Viotis said, cool, get ready for folks dying in church because that's chapter five. Get ready for persecution because that's chapter eight. Get ready for racial and ethnic tensions. That's what we just read from chapter 15. Get ready for selling your property because that's chapter 14. Get ready for riots because that's chapter 19. And there's even more that Rich Viotis didn't have time to mention and that we won't have time to cover in this series. But it's one thing for me to say that I want our congregation to be ready to go wherever the Spirit sends us. And yet I'm acutely aware this morning that the truth is no one is truly ready for the Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we saw that the Spirit sent Peter to preach to the Gentiles before he was really ready to do so. And today's reading comes a few chapters and several years after that moment. And here we see that the church still is not quite ready to welcome in everything that it might mean if they embrace the Gentiles like Peter embraced Cornelius. 
More specifically, today we find that some of the Jewish Christians are worried that the flood of new Gentile Christians are going to cause the church to lose what makes it unique. The chapter we've just read, Acts 15, is the story of how the church faced down its own fear that it might be becoming less special, less set apart, and less distinctive. And specifically, we find that the early church is being torn apart and it's being turned around by the question of whether you have to be circumcised to be a Christian. Kids, ask your parents afterwards. I expect that the question of circumcision doesn't seem very controversial to you. Maybe circumcision doesn't seem that important one way or another when it comes to someone's faith or salvation. But please understand that if you feel that way, it's only because someone else settled the debate 2,000 years ago. I mean, make sure that you hear again from the book of Acts 15, verse 2, what we said earlier. It said that some were teaching that unless you are circumcised, you cannot be saved. This was a massive deal in the first two decades of the church. This meeting that we read about today is known in church history as the first council of the global church. It's also known as the only apostolic council, which is to say this is the first and the only time while the apostles were alive that the global church from all over the world where the gospel had reached at that point It's the only time they came together for a meeting in one place to ask the Holy Spirit, what do we do? For 2,000 years, before Jesus came and preached, the people of the one true God, the Hebrew people, they had been circumcised to show that they were set apart, that they were different from the world. And it's not at all silly that they are worried that everything distinctive about their culture is going to be changed as the church grows. I mean, that's just the math. In the first century, just like today, there were a whole ton of a lot more Gentiles in the world than there were Jews. And if the Gentiles came into the church, and if they didn't learn the Jewish ways, then that threatened everything that Peter and James and John and all their family and all their friends believed about what made them special and helped them connect with God. I mean, can you imagine if someone said that Mobile can become the most prosperous city in America, but only if we give up eating shrimp and taking off a week for Mardi Gras. We'd all be like, no thanks. It's not worth it. If we didn't have shrimp and Mardi Gras, would we even want to be in Mobile, no matter how prosperous it was? When you think about it that way, that's the kind of thing that was at stake when Peter and Paul came to Jerusalem saying, these Gentiles love Jesus. But if we ask them to be circumcised, it is a yoke that will be too much for them to bear, just as the rest of the Jewish law has been too much for most of us. And with all that at stake, the church decided that the Gentiles did not need to be circumcised, that they didn't need to keep kosher. And all the law that the Jewish people had lived by for 2,000 years, all of it was reduced down to don't honor idols, avoid sexual immorality, and don't eat meat that was strangled. Why those three rules, we'll leave that for another day. But for now, it's enough for us to be awed that the church would let the Holy Spirit lead them into such a massive change. And it is enough for us to know that everything the early Jewish Christians feared actually came true. 
Acts 15 was a slippery slope and today's chapter becomes a turning point in the story. For the first 15 chapters, we mostly hear about the church through the eyes of the Jewish apostles and especially Peter. But after chapter 15, Peter kind of fades from the story and in comes the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, the one who had forsaken a lot of his Jewish heritage to go and preach almost exclusively to the Gentiles. Everything about the culture, the nature, even the faith of the early church, everything about it changed in less than a lifetime. And even today, we still don't often remember or appreciate enough what it means that our faith comes to us from the Jewish faith. It's been overwhelmed by our Gentileness. I want my church to look like the book of Acts. And I hope that you do too, because the only church that is worthy of the name is a body that breathes the Holy Spirit. We, the church, are the body of Christ and our breath is meant to be the Holy Spirit. If we aren't breathing the Spirit, then we are just dead flesh. And I want the church to look like the book of Acts, but I'm not sure I'm ready. And I don't know about you, but I can't help wondering how Could the early church be so sure? How could they just write off 2,000 years of what had made them special, of what defined their faith, of what helped them connect with God after all their Bible reading and all their praying and all of what the NIV calls it, the sharp debate and dispute? After all of that, how could they make such a big change in their direction? And how could they know that they were moving with the Holy Spirit? And the answer is right there in today's passage. Verse seven tells us that after there had been much debate, Peter gave his testimony. And Peter says that the Holy Spirit testified in the heart of the Gentiles. And then Barnabas and Paul stood up and they testified. And when it was all said and done, the church in Acts 15 made this monumental world-shaking decision because as much as they loved the law and they loved what made them special, they loved a good testimony even more. And when the Holy Spirit is leading us, it will always lead us toward testimony. If we're gonna hear the Holy Spirit, we can't just have a head knowledge of the Bible and we can't just sharpen our arguments against each other. A spirit-filled church is one that listens to its testimonies. We've been trying to listen to your micro testimonies throughout this series. Each week I come in front of the camera and each week I or Woods invites you to text or email your honest answer to a question. And every answer that we get is a testimony. We've been gathering them and compiling them. I've got them in a spreadsheet. And when the series is over, we're gonna take those results and we're gonna take the most common words that came up, the most common themes, and we're gonna put those in front of our church council so that we can begin praying how God is going to give us a vision for our church in this moment. And in just a moment here in today's sermon, I'm gonna ask you to answer another question. I'm gonna ask you to give the smallest little bit of testimony I'm going to ask you, what kind of testimonies do you think we need to hear? But before I get there, I want to say two quick things about what kinds of testimonies lead the church in the Holy Spirit. What kinds of testimonies the Holy Spirit sends the church? First, a Holy Spirit testimony 
takes time. Notice that the Jerusalem council that we read about today didn't meet after the first time that Peter preached to the Gentiles. They looked for persistent and consistent work of God over time. And what they saw was years and years of the Holy Spirit working in and through uncircumcised Gentiles who didn't keep kosher. It wasn't just that there was one good Gentile. And it wasn't that they just made this massive change because of one experience that Peter had with Cornelius. Instead, they waited and they listened for a long time. They listened to all the stories of all the Gentiles and all the ways that they were experiencing God as they had been told they might not. A lot of us are not so patient to take that kind of time and listen so long. We don't want to wait years and years. We like to jump to huge conclusions from our own small experience. We want to say things like, somebody sneezed on me in February, so I'm pretty sure that I already had the coronavirus and it's no big deal, right? Like, we want to use our own small experience to tell the whole big story. But the Holy Spirit's testimony wasn't just about one person or two people. It was about listening to all the Gentiles. Did you hear about all the Gentiles that Paul spoke to in Phoenicia and Galatia and how he went around traveling and listening and collecting these testimonies before he came to tell them in Jerusalem? A holy testimony requires not just listening one time, but listening all the time. And second, a holy testimony interprets and reveals scripture. For the church, scripture is the first testimony that we ever get. And it's the authoritative witness to the saving work of Jesus Christ. We don't get to ditch the scriptures in favor of a testimony. And whenever it seems like there's a debate between our testimony on one side and our scripture on the other, it, that is an invitation for us. It's not an invitation to ditch the scriptures. But it's not an invitation to ditch the testimony either. It's an invitation to understand them both more fully. Notice that today's passage ends with James reaffirming the scriptures and their importance. He says that the scriptures have guided God's people, quote, from the earliest time and on every Sabbath. Jesus himself said that he came to fulfill the law and not to abolish it. And so one vital test of the Holy Testimony is how it helps us reconcile what once seemed impossible or contradictory in the scriptures. Finally, a Holy Testimony is going to lead to holy fruit. Later in the New Testament, Paul and the apostles, who's the apostle to the Gentiles, he would write an entire book to a people called the Galatians. And it was a, a book that was entirely about the circumcision debate that we talked about in Acts chapter 15. I'm telling you, this debate over circumcision was a huge deal for the early church. It's not just one chapter. It's an entire book. And it's sprinkled throughout the New Testament. And towards the end of the letter to the Galatians, Paul said to them, he said, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, he said, there is no law. If we want to hear the testimonies that speak to us with the Holy Spirit's voice, then we need to be listening to the testimonies 
of how someone or how a whole people grew in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we are growing in these things, then the Holy Spirit is leading, in a, leading us. But if we aren't growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if we aren't growing in these things, then we shouldn't expect to be listened to, even if all our arguments make perfect sense. And when we see somebody who does embody love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we should feel compelled to stop and listen because that may be the Holy Spirit speaking. You see, we can know all the words of all the songs and all the scriptures, but we don't know the good news until we know how those words become a testimony. We don't know the will of the Spirit until we can celebrate the difference that those words make. And if we want to be a church like the church in Acts, then we have to be willing to listen to all kinds of testimonies. Sometimes the testimony we need is about change. Sometimes it's about being loved in spite of what we can't change. And sometimes the word that you need is one that is spoken in your own heart. And sometimes it's a word that comes from your neighbor's mouth because the testimony you need is that it's not about you. And the testimony we all need is yours. And so that's why I'm gonna ask you to text right now to 29988, that's 29988, or just send me an email. And I'd love to know what testimony do you need to hear? Maybe it's a testimony from someone who is just like you someone who's battled all your demons and your addictions. Maybe it's a testimony from someone who's entirely unlike you. Maybe you need to hear from somebody whose life experience is totally different and makes you say, I don't even get you. And maybe, maybe if you would answer that question about what testimony you need to hear, your testimony could be the one we all need to be able to hear God more fully. So I hope you'll send that answer. And I hope you'll prayerfully consider what testimony, God, do I need to hear? And then once we do hear it, I hope you listen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.